0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you and we worship you and we give you the glory. Lord, this is your, your service. We just worship you. Father, our hearts are prepared. Lord, let our hearts be fertile soil so that the seed of the word may produce eternal fruit in us tonight. Lord, may just the bondages that have been holding people back be broken. May the freedom of Christ and the anointing of Christ rise up right now, Lord. May miracles happen right as, right as the service is going on, starting right now. Lord, we just receive right now, in Jesus' name. We receive and we praise you. Lord, we love you and we thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are and what you're doing in us tonight right here. Amen. 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 Well, just, uh, you know, normally let's go ahead and hit the lights and normally we'll just, we have you sit right down, but just stay standing for a second. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I want to introduce Pastor Tracy and, and I don't know that he's heard this part of me, but I just know that we were in several conferences together and I'd walk around the corner and I'd, I'd bump right into him. And everywhere I turned, conference after conference, I'd turn the corner, and and there he'd be, and we'd almost run into each other. And eventually, I got the uh, what the Holy Spirit was trying to say, and uh, I was like, I need to wake up, you know, and uh, he said, we need to get together. I said, yeah, we do, we do. And uh, then, one of the very cool things, I know Boomerang folks have heard this, is I was, uh, I was sitting there about twelve or thirteen years ago. I got, I had the honor of being able to hear T.L. Osborne, and here I am. I'm a young adult in the Word, going after God. I'd seen the power of God move, and I'm sitting there, and T.L. is is. Talking in, in the simplest of terms, and I, I just can't explain to you how simple it was what he was saying. And while I was sitting there, I was sitting on this side of the platform looking at him, and um, all of a sudden I physically felt the power of his words hitting me in the chest. And I never felt that before, and it caught my attention. And I realized there's more to this thing than just hearing preaching. It's more than just logic. It's more than just physical. There's a supernatural thing that we do not fully get sometimes, but I started to get it that day. And years went by, and I felt it again one time with Brother Bill Winston, and then we were at a minister's conference, and I felt it two nights in a row. You got up. I still didn't know you, but I know I've been... I'd been bumping into you, and I knew the Holy Spirit had me watching you and discerning and seeking. What do you have, Lord? For, you know what? What's the purpose with this gentleman? And you got up on stage with Brother Copeland. You said something, and it hit me. It just like you know when Doctor TL, and it hit me in the chest. And I went, I felt that. And uh, <laughs> and the next night you got up. I don't, have I told you this? I don't know if I have or not, but. Okay, then the next night, you got up again. It's like one, you know, I'm impressed if it happens once. But two <laughs> nights in a row, the sa- same thing. You said something, it hit me again. I said, okay. And last year, uh, a dear friend, he could be watching, Eric Marney, he said, I'm going up to Brother Tracy's minister's conference. And he said, you want to go? And the Holy Spirit said, yes, you do. And I said, I reckon so, yes. <laughs> and so we went out there, and I can tell you, that he doesn't know this, but he has ministered directly multiple times to exactly what I needed, when I needed it, things that the Holy Spirit only knew, and it's going to happen to you tonight too. So are you expectant? amen, for God to work? So Brother Tracy, we are honored to have you. And boy, we got some expectations. So you ready? Well, let's go. <laughs> thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Love, you. love you, man. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Yeah. Don't you love the Lord tonight? Yeah. Now, I'm going to do two things here. First thing is just uh, some little house business to so stay standing. Uh, we're preaching 12 times in eight days, and so it may seem like you can hear me well, but I need to be sure and hear myself loud enough so that I don't drive over the top of the mic, all right? Glory to God. That way I won't be pushing, and I promise, or I won't promise, but you know I'm going to do my best not to blow your hair, out, hair back or something. Glory to God, but if I can hear myself, I don't drive it as hard, and by the end of the week I'll be able to go home and squeak. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jacob, for the anointing. Oh my. I will rise. Oh yeah. We're going up. Yes. Glory to God. We're going up. And you know, every service has been I mean absolutely inundated. I mean explosive with the power of God. So much so that last night, you know, we he was asking me about the offering and so much so that last night. Uh you know, the pastors were so overwhelmed that you know, the moment they got the microphone, I mean people were out on the floor and they couldn't they couldn't receive it. You know, this this happens a lot. Because Jesus of Nazareth is here. It is not our ministry. Oh, come on now. Now, I don't normally say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say this for those of you that may be hearing us for the first time. Uh, and you can back me down just, just a little bit. Thank you for keeping me on the edge. That helps me not drive it. It's Harvest International Ministries hymn. And the Lord said, when folks hook up with you, I want them to partner with him. And that came, not that name particularly, but that revelation came. And I don't have the authority right now to preach it tonight because I have something very specific that will be deposited. And this is a life-changing moment, a ministry-changing moment, a church-changing moment. And you're not going to be the same after this night. We're good. Praise the Lord. But three days after Brother Oral Roberts laid hands on me, you don't know my story, and I'll make this very brief because, once again, I know you're standing, but I want us to dive into this. So, when I grew up as a child in church, I'm so glad that my parents took me to church and didn't just send me. At the same time, they went to a church which didn't know there was more. That's the best way I know how to say. It. They're sincere people, but sincerely wrong in places. And When I'd read my Bible, the Jesus of my church was not the Jesus of my Bible. And I used to cry myself to sleep at night. Jesus, I still wish you. Son, I have a plan for you. And you've been seeking it for many years. And you felt, no, it's passed me by. Oh, but some of these things have passed me by. God, you've been good to me. You've blessed me. You've always brought me out. I shouldn't necessarily be alive for some things that I've walked through, but it seems as if I've not hit the vein. It seems as if I haven't hit the bullseye. Lord, have I I displeased you? Have I missed it? Have my best days passed me by? And the Lord would say unto you, No, son, for I am working a work in your days that you couldn't even conceive if you were told of it at this moment. But I'm going to grow you up in the things of God, and you're at the right place at the right time to hear some things you've never heard, to see some things you've never seen and I've put you under leadership. Yes, even chronologically younger than you, but they'll take you into things that I have prepared for you before the foundation of the world, before they were born, before you were born, that i bought and paid for by my blood. So prepare yourself to walk into the finishing grace of your life, for your life is not nearly over. You're stepping into the greatest phase of your days, for the double doors of more are opening unto you so throw open your heart and throw wide your arms because the future is bright and I am ministering to you now to take your place in the things of God glory Glory. Glory to God and while I'm ministering tonight something's going to happen to you deep down on the inside you won't leave here the same glory Glory to God Oh, glory. Woo! Hey, 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 hey! Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, you know, I can't say they told me miracles passed away. But at best, you know, the idea was they only happened if he willed. And it sure seemed like he never willed because we never saw any. And the Jesus of my church wasn't the Jesus of my Bible. You know, the Jesus of my Bible broke a fish in half, and the tail grew a head, and the head grew a tail. And he was in the desert with no water, no boats, no live reproductive fish. Right there in the desert, where'd those fish come from? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a river. Amen. They just couldn't see it. That's <laughs> right. And he opened the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf, caused withered hands to stretch forth, screamed the demons left, and he walked on water. This is the Jesus I read about. Right.
0: Amen.
1: And I'd cry myself to sleep at night saying, I wish you spoke to people today like you did in Bible days. That's biblically illiterate. I wish you healed the people today like you did in Bible days. I'd give you anything mm. to spend one day, the rest of my life, spend one day on the shores of Galilee with Peter, James, or John just to see that. And suddenly, one night, the Lord filled up my bedroom. And glory to God, he said to me, Son, there never was a day of miracles, but there's always been a God of miracles. Amen. Amen. I still speak to people today, and I'm talking to you right now. And it revealed to me, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he talked to me about the future and our assignment. And with that, he said, from time to time, if you'll be faithful, I'll visit you. And I, he made me to know this is the way I can say that. Now, I say it like it was, this particular part was a conversation, but he led me through the Word. And spirit to spirit, he made me to know that if I would be faithful, he would visit me and that he would he would take me to new phases of my assignment. And three days, some, some years later, Brother Oral Roberts, I was in a meeting with him, and this is a, I'm getting to a point, obviously, and I'm going to tell you all these junctures. But he laid hands on me, and actually, there was a supernatural interaction that took place. Three days after that event, I was on a Sunday morning getting ready to preach, and all of a sudden, the way he was there before, he manifested himself in my office. I was about to go out and preach. And the Lord said, I've not anointed you with the healing deliverance ministry of Oil Roberts. He was my point of contact on earth. I've anointed you with the healing deliverance ministry of Jesus Christ of yeah. Nazareth. Amen. And I was reading Ephesians 1, a prayer that I pray, prayed for thousands, thousands of times. I guess put my name in there. Dad Hagen taught us how to pray that prayer. The eyes of your understanding enlightened that you may know what's the hope of his calling. And all of a sudden the word his jumped off the page. Three times larger than the rest of the type. And I saw it, that it's not about what he's called me to do. I needed a revelation of what He was called to do, His calling. Because the very next part of that verse says, and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And suddenly, I mean in a moment I saw it, He has inherited me to finish His calling. And the word of the Lord came to Him and He said, Son, the word calling is never used in the plural sense in the New Testament. Now I had to go back and look at that later. And prove it out. Because anything you get by extra biblical revelation, you got, you got to make sure, hey, you know. He said it's used in a collective plural in the sense that the body of Christ is the called. We are the called according to his purpose. But the word calling is never used. In fact, he told me in that visitation, he said, you and many of my ministers have misquoted my word. And he quoted his word back to me, Romans eleven twenty nine. He said, you have said the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He said, my word doesn't say that. It says gifts, plural, and calling. And he said to me in that visitation, there isn't but one calling. And he said, I've inherited you to finish it. I don't have my own ministry. Glory be to God. And long and short, since I'm not preaching this tonight, but the Holy Ghost seemed to want to get over into it in just a second. The long and short of it is this. He must reign until His enemies become His footstool. He inherited me to finish that assignment. And His enemies are not going to come under His feet until they come under my feet. Till they come under your feet. He's the head and you're the body and you're risen far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. And he's put everything under your feet. You need to understand that we can be as successful in this one meeting tonight. You can be as successful in Alabama or North Carolina or wherever you go. You can be as successful in whatever assignment you're given as Jesus would be. If he were there doing it because he is. He gave gifts to men. And those gifts are from the highest seat. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Be to God. Be to God. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We win this thing. Woo! Glory to God. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So we have somewhat to say and somewhere to go tonight in Jesus' name. And I'm very excited about being here. It is not an accident and not just another stop on an itinerant tour. We're not just coming to try to, you know, give you a song and a dance and a pony show and, and, and drum up some business. And No, glory to God. We have a reason for being here. We're here on purpose. We're here with a purpose. We're here for a purpose. And we're going down the road spiritually. And we're going to be farther down the road when we finish this night. Glory be to God. Woo! So, the healer's in the house. And he'll do today what he's always done. Why? That tomb is empty. Right. You see, if he's alive, and he is, then he can do today what he did before he died. That's right. And I've watched him do it on five continents and almost 40 nations. I've watched the blind eyes open and the deaf ears open and the cripples walk and, and backs be recreated, steel plates disappear, false teeth become permanent in people's mouths. I've watched body parts grow back. Jesus of Nazareth is here. And that same created, resurrected Lord is here to heal you. Yeah glory be to God. Did you know his word's alive? Yeah. 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 It's the substance he used That's right. in the container of faith. Faith filled words yeah. con- created the ground you're standing yeah. on. Yeah. The word will become flesh and dwell among us. Yeah. We will behold his glory. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You got your faith out there? Yeah. You got your ears on? Yeah. I know by he that hath ears to hear let him hear. Glory to God, and then let's believe God together, and we'll jump into it. Father, in the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. what a joy it is to be here at this moment in time. We thank you that you saw this meeting. You saw this event from the foundation of the world. You shed your blood to create the church. Ha <laughs> ha! The church is where you walk. Oh, glory to God, when John saw you. He saw you resurrected. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys. And John said, I saw him when I heard the voice of a man behind me as if it were a trumpet. And I turned to look, and I saw this man in the candlesticks. And he was walking in the midst of those golden candlesticks, and his face shined like the noonday sun in its strength. His hair was white like wool. His eyes were like a flame of fire. He was girded about the paps with a golden girdle. His feet were like brass glowing from a fiery furnace. When he spoke, his voice thundered like the sound of many waters. And he had the stars and the keys in his same hand. I saw him, and John said, I fell at his feet as a dead man. He said, Fear not, John. I am he that liveth and was dead, and I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys. He said, do you know the mystery? You know what you saw? No, Lord. He said, the seven golden candlesticks are the churches. This is the resurrected Jesus walking through the church. He is Lord and he's Lord tonight. And the resurrected lion of the tribe of Judah is walking these aisles. I thank you, Father, tonight that I have help. That I'm not here by myself. I'm asking you now to think through my mind. And speak through my lips. I exercise my faith for the manifestation of all the divine equipment of grace. All the manifestations of the spirit of the living God who is the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. I thank you, you who knows all things, tonight will even speak the end from the beginning. And expose the secrets in the hearts of men. And they will of a truth falling down before you say, yes, God is here exalt yourself, glorify yourself in our midst. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that I've never had to do this alone. Now, Father, open the eyes of the people to see. Open their ears to hear and understand. Open their heart. Take the veils of religious tradition and unbelief and doubt Move it now in Jesus' name that their heart like a canvas and your words like the paint may be indelibly imprinted to a brand new future and destiny. I'm expecting, Father, that your word will cut to the heart and it will not return to you void but accomplish that which you please. And I thank you for that tonight, Lord, that no one will leave like the came. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Glory to God. Do you believe that? Yeah. And all the saints said? Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Did you bring your Bible? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. All right. Take it up. Hold it up. Wave it around. Say, this is, this is my Bible. Oh, come on. Now, you can do this. You got a Bible. Hold it up. And I i mean, you know, and I'm going to overlook the phones and the iPads and whatever else. Glory to God. I want you to understand you need a Bible. Somebody say, I need a Bible. I need a Bible. Now, now, I'm going to say something to you. That before, put them down. We're going to put them back up. Decide right now before I say this. I won't be offended at the man of God, because so I'm about to say something to you that's going to sound like old school. You know, it's kind of like kind of like one preacher went into a church one time, and I mean, this is recent, you know, uh, because the way churches are headed now, there's there's little to no sometimes respect <laughs> for. The ancient landmark and fathers of the faith. And one guy said, uh, he, he, a preacher friend of mine got there and he said, hey, now when you minister tonight in the church, he said, now don't, don't, don't talk about the old guys. Meaning don't you know, quote other preachers and all that. Don't be talking about the old guys. And he said, well, I don't know what I'm going to preach then. But he said, everything I have to say is from Peter or James or John or Ezekiel. Or, they're all old guys. You understand Jesus is from everlasting to Everlasting. And his ministry didn't wane with age. Amen. Hello. Amen. Glory be to God. So anyway, so this doesn't have anything to do with technology and not using it and all of that. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a supernatural spiritual law that'll take you to a place of victory greater than you're currently walking in if you'll listen, if you have ears to hear. You need always to come into the presence of God with a Bible in hand. I'm going to tell you why. Because the Bible has eyes and it will talk to you while you're looking at it. While you're under the anointing and the words going forth. It'll come off the page. See, I wouldn't know what I know except I'd have my Bible open and that word his went boom. See, the Bible talked to me. That's how I know what I know. I have a relationship with it. Why? It's a living document. In the beginning was the word. The word's with God. The word was God. Now, I'm saying that because, well, but don't you understand? It's quick and quick reference, and I can see the Greek and everything on my phone and iPad. I didn't say don't bring your iPad to church. I didn't say don't take notes on it. I simply said don't use it as your primary source of a Bible. Well, why wouldn't you want me to do that, Pastor? Because the Bible needs to stand alone in its information and revelation. And when you have it as your primary source on your phone or your iPad, you've got the Bible on the same level mixed with all the other stuff you've got. All your contacts, all your phone numbers, all your web addresses. You put the Bible down on the same level. No, no. You can't do that. So I just want to encourage you. That's why. Now, understand your conscience is the voice of your human spirit. Now, I'm not preaching on this tonight, but I just had to come up with my spirit. Your conscience is the voice of your human spirit. And if you just check down inside yourself, you know inside yourself you're doing it for convenience and you really ought not only be doing that. Mm. So you didn't just get this from the preacher. It wasn't the preacher correcting you. Truth is, all he's doing is confirming what you already knew. Right. Amen. But see, Satan desperately wants to get us off the Word. Because if he can get you and me off the Word... Guess what he can get us to do? Same thing Adam and Eve did. He can kick us out of the garden. that was his number one ploy. Once he got Eve off the Word, he got them out of the garden. Glory be to God. The Word's life. Life to those that find it. Health to all their flesh. And if it's not different than what Cinemark can show you, we ought not be here tonight. Huh? But if it's not fake and if it's not smoking mirrors, if it really will create a new you, then it deserves its own attention far and away beyond and above any other information you got today or any day of your life. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. I mean, do you realize over 16, over 15 to 1600 years, over 30 different authors died, were sawn in half, shed blood, and this supernatural book was preserved for 6,000 years just for God to get it into your hands. Well, I'm telling you, it's a blood-bought book. It's been bought with blood. You, you don't want to treat it just normal. Amen. While I'm at it, I'm going to say one more thing. Well, because I'm just I'm wading out there in the water right now. I'm just almost out there. It's about lost. Glory to God. Whoo. Hmm. Something good is going to happen to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory to God. Well, while I'm out there, I might as well say this. People need to make this adjustment. I've traveled around the world preaching this gospel. In some foreign nations, take India for example, it's very easy to get people to accept Jesus. And the reason it is, is because they believe in many gods. So they just take Jesus and put him right in there on the shelf with all those other gods. The issue is not adding Jesus to your life, the issue is giving your life to him. See, too many, the main reason most people don't walk in victory is because they basically, Take Jesus and try to add him to their life. In other words, Jesus, bless my thoughts. Jesus, bless what I want to do. Jesus, bless the way I'm doing it. Instead of getting translated from the authority of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's why Deuteronomy says he is your life. He is your life. You don't add him to your life. There's a difference between your life and the life. He, this is your life, but he is the life. So if you want the life in your life, you've got to give your life to the life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. He's everything. He's the Alpha and He is the Omega He is the beginning. He's the end. He's from everlasting. He has the keys. And he went to the lowest hell and ascended to the highest heaven. And it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. And he's the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And he brought heaven and earth together. Dear God. And in his name. mm, That name's above every name. And tonight, that name used in faith will cause every knee to bow, every tongue to swear, and your curse to leave your life. Yeah. That's right. Amen. That's right. Yeah. Okay, where you have been? What you have done? How broken you are? How far you've gone? You're not big enough to mess up bad enough that God can not fix it. That's right. <laughs> he's bigger than your mess, and He's going to take you out of your mess into your best. Glory to God. Tell somebody every once in a while, man, you have a testimony. After the test, we're going to have some money. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Yeah. woo! Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Well, open your Bibles, please, if you would, to Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Praise God. That's two of us. We the majority in here. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Nothing's impossible to them that believe. Amen. Don't mess with us. What you see ain't all we got. (laughs) (laughs) If God be for us, who can be against us? I suggest you don't touch this. Not because of who we are, but because of what He did. And I say that to every one of you that's washed in the blood. Glory to God. Isaiah 54, and let's begin reading in verse 1. I had this in my heart so strongly because I'm not just ministering tonight a message. I'm ministering in an office. And I don't normally announce that except for those that have ears to hear. But the assignment that I have has an interconnection with what he was talking about, which is a divine relationship, which is not accidental and not just a guest speaker. We're talking here about an impartation into the destiny of a part of Jesus on call. Amen. Amen. Now, now let's settle this before we ever read out of Isaiah. Let's settle this right now. You know, the Bible tells us that there was a moment in the Gospel of John where Jesus was walking by a man born blind. And the disciples ask him, as often many do, we act like, well, you know, they're dumb. Why weren't they thinking that? Listen, they weren't full of the Holy Ghost. They weren't born again. They didn't know what we know. They didn't look down back back through 2,000 years of human history. And every miracle anybody received in the ministry of Jesus, they had to receive it from an anointed man. And, of course, his hometown didn't respond to him. He says he had no honor there, and they didn't recognize his anointing. They treated him with familiarity, and he couldn't do any mighty works there because they saw it in the natural and didn't see it in the supernatural. And so, you know, we act like we'd have done better. And let me tell you, we'd have probably done a whole lot worse than those 12 right. if we'd have been the ones there, dumb and thick-spirited and had to be told what to do all the time and asking the wrong questions. So we can't have an attitude toward them, you see. All smug like we wouldn't have done that. And those disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? How dumb can you get? How's a baby going to sin in his mama's womb? Did this man sin that he was born blind? How dumb can you get? So the reason I'm saying that is because when you read it sometimes they say neither but that the works of God might be manifest and a lot of people over the years because they believe that God puts stuff on folk which is not scriptural. Right. But they're interpreting the Bible through their experience. Right. See what they've totally missed and, and this is the damaging thing now. I don't know why the Lord's on this so strong. I don't I hardly ever do this but He's on this strong right now. I, glory to God. But this is the damaging effect of taking the Word and putting it down in that iPad and that phone and put it with all other information, when you put it on the same level. Now here's what's going to happen. You're going to live out of your sense knowledge. Understand, the the number one thing that happened to Adam and Eve after they sinned was they didn't see themselves the same way and therefore responded to God differently. Now they, they were created to be over creation and now they're looking at God through creation. And the Bible says that every human now because of the law of sin and death is looking at God through creation. So they're trying to know God through a cursed world. You can't know God through experience. You can't know God through your senses. He's not a great big mind in the sky. He's a spirit. And he, I'm the Lord and I changed not. He hasn't changed. Now, let me give you an example. When Adam was created and God blessed him and told him, you know what he told him, have dominion, multiply and so forth, be fruitful. He had not sinned. But then after Adam sinned, Noah came along, Abraham came along, Moses came along and read it, follow the Bible. God said exactly the same thing to Noah, I'll bless you. Exactly the same thing to Abraham, I'll bless you. Exactly the same thing to Moses, I'll bless you. What does that tell us? Man's sin didn't change God, it changed man. You need to understand something about your sin. Your sin isn't big enough to change God. Your, man's sin cannot change God's plan for man. It just changed man's ability to respond to that plan. Which is why you had to be born again. So you could get back to the original intent of what he had called you to be. That's what Jesus did. He brought that back. He washed that away. He broke that curse. He took that curse for us. Glory be to God. So, too many people, see, are trying to read their Bible and make sense of it through life experience. The Bible was never intended for you to interpret it through what you experience. The Bible has always been so far above your experience that it was intended for your experience to come up and match what it says, how you ought to live. So, no matter whether you're in poverty... That poverty is a curse according to God and He paid the price for you to come out of that poverty. Yeah. Yeah. But whole doctrines have been based on experience. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Instead of the truth. And the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. So when Jesus walks by there in John 9, And he says, neither. That was the end of that issue because that was the question they asked. Who sinned, this man or his parents that is born blind? Answer, neither. In other words, you're asking the wrong question. This isn't about sin. What I'm about to do doesn't have anything to do with their sin. It has to do with what I'm sent to do. And he goes on to say, but that the works of God might be made manifest. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Do you see that? He's saying that this is the work of the enemy and it really doesn't matter how he got in that condition, I'm about to change it. Mm. And then he healed the man. When he healed the man, he showed what his works were. To take whatever caused you to be in that condition to come out of that condition. He's the redeemer. He's the life changer. He's the miracle worker. In fact, he goes on to say that that I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night comes when no man, hear me, when no man can work. Whoa. You know what he just said to us? Maybe we ought to read that. Lord's telling me that that, uh, you need to see it. You know, signs and wonders follow the word that's preached. And if he's going to talk to us so much about the Bible talking to us, about laying our eyes on it, Well, then we shouldn't just go another direction. We ought to go lay our eyes on it. Notice what he said here in John chapter 9, verse 1. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, say, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. Hmm. That's the end of that situation. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him, I must work the works of him that sent me. In other words, what you're about to see me do is what I'm sent to do. And this is the works of him that sent me. Yeah. And notice what he said. While it is day. So decide this right now. It is the day, it's the day. of his works. Of his works. Yes. They have not passed away. There never was a day of miracles. There's always been a God of miracles. And these are the times of the fullness. We are moving into the fullness of everything he bought and paid for. And we're stepping up into signs and wonders unprecedented. This is the day of his miracle power. He's saying some powerful stuff about this. He said, number one, this is the day of the works of him that sent me. Do you see this? That's why we got our eyes on it. We're going to see this. Now look what else it says. While it is day, the night cometh when, what does it say? No man man can work. Do you realize what he just said? He just said, and other men can work these same works in this day. Check this out. That's what he just said. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night comes when no man can work. So he just told us he did this miracle as a man. He did this miracle as an anointed man. Do you see that? And then he further said, the night comes when no man can work, meaning other men are going to do these works. You see, if the anointing was on him to do that work and that same anointing is on the other men, if he he did this work as an anointed man and the same anointing that was on him is on other men, then those other men can do the same works he did because the same anointing's on them. Amen. 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 Do you see this? Amen. This is big. So this is not only the day of his works, this is the day of our greater works. Amen. In his name. You see this. Now, you get over into what the scripture teaches us in 1 John. In fact, why don't we look at this? 1 John chapter 4. Glory to God. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. And so hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth. Well, here's the thing. This is why you've got to know the word. Because you know the origin of what spirit it is by what it says. And the Holy Spirit will never speak outside this word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, all scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed. Which means holy men of God. Peter says holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This book is the Holy Spirit's voice. It's how he talked. This is the voice of God right here. In fact, you'll find this, you'll find this parallel in Jesus that, that though he was the son of God, he didn't do any miracles at 28. Though he was the sinless son of God, he didn't do any miracles at 25. Though he was the sinless son, of God, he didn't do any miracles at 29. Hmm. But when he was 30, he went down into that river. And when the Holy Ghost, remember he's a type in shadow. In fact, John the Baptist said to him, no, I can't do this. I'm not worthy to loose your sandals. And he said, suffer it to be so now. It becometh us proper to fulfill all righteousness. We've got to do what's right. So this was a baptism of identification. He's identifying, he's going into that river, into the river of humanity. And symbolizing a death, burial, and resurrection that is going to come. And when he came out of that water, descending out of heaven, what happened? In the form, like, like like means it has the characteristics of one. Didn't mean John saw a bird. (laughs) Like a dove. Now hear me. Like a dove, descending upon him. So the Holy Ghost came upon him, and here's what it says. And with The spirit of voice. A voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye Him. With the spirit of voice. So the Holy Ghost has a voice. That's how you'd be led. They that are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. So the Holy Ghost has a voice. It's how you walk. Because when you go all the way back to the garden. You see in the book of Genesis, most people have never seen this. We'll come right back to 1 John, but let's go back here to the book of Genesis. Everybody doing okay? Anybody glad they came? Yeah, praise the Lord. All the way back here where God is speaking concerning Adam in the book of Genesis. I want you to notice what the word says concerning this. It says in verse, Genesis chapter 3 now. And it says, after they ate of that fruit, in verse 6, verse 7 says, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. In other words, they tried to cover themselves because they realized they were uncovered. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking. Do you see that? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're never going to walk with God unless you hear that voice, bo- unless you walk with the voice. When somebody walks with God, they're led of the Spirit. And the only way you can be led of the Spirit is you got to follow that voice. Yeah. Amen? Amen? They heard the voice of the Lord God walking. So when God says to the Corinthian church, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them and I will be their God and they'll be my people. How's he going to walk in you? That voice. This is imperative for us to understand or we're never going to get to the next place. Because the thing that opens the door to the next place in God, let me just show you. Well, I could read on down. But he says in verse 10, I heard, the, I heard the, your voice in the garden and I was afraid. So how you respond to that voice has everything to do with whether or not you're going to be in your place. Do you see that? All right. If that's true, then let's go all the way to the other end of the book in Revelation chapter 4. Looks like we're preaching from contents to maps tonight that's the everlasting gospel the whole council (laughs) look what he says here in Revelation 4 he says after this I looked and behold a door a door a door door, say a door a door was opened in heaven and the first voice I heard now notice what the voice said Uh, like a trumpet talking with me Come up here and I will show you. You need to understand the only way you're going to get through into that next place with God, into that next place in the Spirit, is His voice is the door there. Do you see that? His voice is the door. And it takes you up to a different place. And how you respond to that voice determines where you're going to go from here. In fact... Since we're there, let's just back up one chapter and look what it says, just a few verses even, not even a a chapter, just back into the end of chapter 3 and notice what he said. In verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door. Huh? Well, I mean, we could go through the Word and show this again and again. You go to John 10. He says... Everybody that's come before me are thieves and robbers. They've come some other way. But I am the door. I came through the door. And by the end of that discourse, he says, my sheep hear me. They know my voice. And by that voice, they come in and out and find pasture. (laughs) Now, with the Spirit came a voice. So let's go back now to 1 John chapter 4. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And notice what it says. You can know what Spirit's doing the talking by what it's saying. Amen? Amen. Now let's look at two other thoughts here. Let's talk about, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to show you a scripture. Go back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And if you know anything about the Word in 1 Corinthians, chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And, of course, chapter 13 deals with the love of God, which is the motive for the gifts. It's like a sandwich. You've got two pieces of bread, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, and the meat's right in the middle, you know. He said, covet earnestly the best gifts. I'll show you a more excellent way, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Then he talks about the love of God, and then he gets back into what the love of God will push you into. See, you need to understand that in anything you're, as a believer, the love of Christ constrains us. When Jesus blessed people and worked miracles, he was moved with compassion. Love is always his motive. God so loved the world that he gave. Faith works by love. When you know, when you and I know people are so broken, so bound, so afflicted, maybe so opp- oppressed or that in our own ability, even with all our degrees on the wall and our counseling and on ourselves and our ideas and just our methods and strategies and technology, we can't fix them. We can't help them. Their, 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 their roots, the roots of their bondage is spiritual. It's deeper. We, we, we have to have help to make them free. Now that's where the gifts of the Spirit operate in. Discerning of spirits. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Yeah. Gifts of healings. Working of miracles. Prophecy. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. It is the divine equipment of the Spirit that's on the body of Christ to do the works of Jesus while, while we're in this day. Yeah. We can't do it without Him. No way. No way to do it without Him. And here's what the Scripture tells us here. It tells us follow after love. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow after love. Somebody say follow after love. Follow after love. Well, back up to... Now, I've got it on the same page here because, you know, the way this works. But remember, he started this back in 1 Corinthians 12 when he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, let's go back and read it. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, notice this word gifts right here is in italics in your King James. Why? Because it's not there in the Greek. It was a spirituals or spiritual manifestations would be a good translation. A lot of people say, well, I got to get to prophecy. Well, I got to get to healing. Well, no, they don't get to nothing there. I got discerning of spirits. You got to get to suspicion for what you got. (laughs) <laughs> inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> there isn't but one, one gift. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you get Him, you get the rest. You got it. The Holy Ghost, with that one gift, He, boom. He is the very spirit that was on Jesus Himself. Now He will Whenever he wills, whenever the need calls for it, like a mechanic with a toolbox, come up in you and manifest himself. He can manifest himself in prophecy. He can manifest himself in tongues. You understand? There's not but one gift. So these aren't spiritual gifts. These are spiritual manifestations of the gift. Of the Holy Ghost. It's a person. It's the way he thinks. It's his character. It's his... Uh, there are things that, that make him happy, there are things that grieve him. There are ways he talks. He has a language. His language is the language of faith. And he is the spirit of truth. So he can't lie. And he is the anointing, which is why the anointing you received of him abides in you and he teaches you all things and is no lie. Is the truth and is no lie. Why? Because the Holy Ghost can't lie because he's the spirit of truth. If you know the truth, it'll make you free. Well, how come? Because he's the spirit of liberty, he's the freedom. He'll set you free. He'll remove the burden and destroy the oh, he's here tonight. Yes. He's on me yes. to finish out the ministry of Jesus. Yes. Spirit of the Lord God's upon me. He hath anointed me yes. to preach. Glory to God. Now notice what he says here. I would not have you ignorant. Now, isn't it interesting? The one thing the Bible says he doesn't want us ignorant of, the body of Christ is the most ignorant about. <laughs> one guy read this and said, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brethren, but that's not what he said. He said, brethren, I would not want you to be ignorant. I don't <laughs> But notice in verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols. Now he doesn't mean they're dumb, like they didn't go to school dumb. <laughs> dumb here means can't speak. <laughs> Come on now. Huh? They don't have the ability to lead you. You understand that that demon powers are fallen angels. And there's classes of them. Principality, power, right? And he he talks about spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places. And one of the classes is rulers of darkness. Jude says that these demons are chained in everlasting chains in darkness. Now what that means is they can only rule in the darkness. Rulers of darkness can't rule in the light. And when the light shines, the darkness flees. No wonder he fights so hard to blind you so that you don't see the word, don't know what belongs to you. Don't see he's fighting this war over revelation knowledge, because if this ever gets to you, you might as well ship his saddle home because it's over for Satan. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Jesus, and greater is he that's in you, and you don't have to put up with that curse the rest of your life. That's right. You don't have to die early just because mama did. You don't Just because four men in front of you didn't reach 50 because of heart attacks doesn't mean you're going to. You're going to break that curse off your generational line. Why? Because you know something different. By his stripes you were healed. And if you were, you are. And the knowledge of this word is going to set you free. He did it for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And the truth you know will make you free. You can't be made free by truth you don't know. But the truth you know will make you free. And here he says, these dumb idols, even as you were led, led by a dumb idol, led, led by a, can you imagine trying to be led by something that can't even move? Hands have they, but they handle not. Eyes have they, but they see not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Noses have they, but they smell not. Mouths have they, but they talk not. And the Bible says in Psalm 115, they that make them are like unto them. See, you're going to be like the God you serve. And if you serve a God where you don't believe you can hear His voice or He doesn't speak to you and if you keep saying that you're never going to hear His voice. And it's not because He's not speaking it's because you're not hearing. The problem isn't at the radio station the problem's on your channel in your car. The receiver's the issue. So, (laughs) glory to God. But notice what He says Wherefore I give you to understand verse 3 that no man Well, I mean, that'd be all of us. Any man, all mankind. No man speaking by the Spirit of God caused Jesus accursed. And no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So we see clearly the Holy Spirit clearly is revealed in the Word of God what He will say, what He won't say. And you can know by what the Spirit says who's doing the talking. Now, by verse 31 of the same chapter, he says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and I show you a more excellent way. And he's got a whole chapter on love, so love is the excellent way. So he says in verse four, chapter 14, verse 1, so follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Do you notice that? What will happen when you really love people? You're going to want them free. When you want them free, when you really love people and you want them free and you know inside yourself you can't get free, you're going to desire spiritual manifestations because right. you're going to believe for the anointing to help you help people. Right. Yeah. See, when you really love God and love people, it's going to push you into the anointing. Right. It's not going to make you go to church where you can get out and beat, beat the Baptist to the cafeteria, you know. and let's. No, because when people come in your presence... They're doped up, drugged up, manic depression, been abused, sexually abused. They've been four generations of poverty. Uh, You're not going to break them out by some counseling session. You can't counsel the devil out. Now, we have a wonderful counselor. And his name is Jesus. Glory to God. And he will set you free. Because his counsel's truth and his counsel's wisdom and his counsel's revelation. And he uses the same word he created the world to do it with. So David said, "I have more understanding than all my teachers. Your testimonies are my counselors." Right. And actually, the Hebrew reads, "The men of my council," which means the men of David's council. He wasn't talking about you know a cabinet. Here I am, king. I got to get a bunch of people around me, tell me what to do. I mean, and have you ever heard this phrase? In the multitude of counselors, their safety. And do you know what folks have done? They pastor church and get a bunch of folk around, and tell them what to do, and think they're safe. I not know what that means. That's not what that means. No, David said the testimony of your word are the men of my counsel. Meaning he had Isaiah counsel him. And Ezekiel counsel him. And Hosea counsel him. And Abraham counseling. him. We need Peter and James and John counseling us. We need Paul counseling us. Why? Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word's established. Right. And you surround yourself with enough counsel that you're absolutely convinced, dear God, there can't be any other way than that. Look, this is the way God does it. Right. Woo, man, you're about to step out there where no, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Right. I don't care if it looks impossible. You're going to get it done because the very words you're standing on are created. Right. Yes cause the council is the wisdom of God. Right. Now you're you're conducting your affairs not by experience, not by what you think ought to be done, not by the way the last church did it. <laughs> Mama and them, no. The men of my council. Glory be to God. Yeah, I got a counselor all right, and he's wonderful. And he's a mighty God. And he is an everlasting father. And he's the prince of my peace. And my peace passes understanding. (coughs) Glory be to God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Man, I can sense him helping us tonight. Can you? All right, now, notice what he says here. So, follow after love and desire. In other words, so love will push you. Love will push you to spiritual gifts. It will drive you to the anointing. Why? Because the anointing removes the burden and destroys the yokes, And you know in your own self, with your limits and your limited knowledge and your limited thinking and your limited ability, you can't help these people at all. But you have one that will help you help them. You're not by yourself. There's more with you than there are against you. I'm telling you, glory be to God, He will help you because He wants His people free. That's why Jesus came. Now, when you drop down, He starts talking about the way these gifts, manifestations operate in the church and the fullness of them. And when he gets down, it's very interesting because he does get down to verse 10, and here's what he says. He says, For there are it may be so many kinds. Do you see this phrase? Many kinds of voices. And none of these voices is without signification. Now, he's given an example of somebody blowing a horn, for example, and and one blast means assembly. And the other blast means charge the enemy. You know, in other words, he's saying if if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, you're not going to know what to do because the message is unclear. Now, he's talking about that. But in the midst of talking about that, he makes a spiritual statement here. that's a spiritual law. He says there are many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them, not one of those voices is without signification. You need to look up that Greek word. It comes from the root word dunamis, ability, power. He's saying there's a power source behind every voice. If it's a demonic voice, there's demon power behind it. If it's just your intellect, it's reason power. But it has an ability for a stronghold. It can tie you up in an image where you won't give yourself permission to obey God because you'll see yourself the way you think you are. Every voice, no matter what it is, has a power source behind it. Now, That's why you got to know what voice is doing the talking. You know, uh, I hadn't told this story in a long, long time. But uh, I was ministering uh, some years ago. And, you know, I've got eyewitnesses to this. Actually, my mother happened to go with me to this meeting, this particular meeting. She was in a women's ministry, and she's on up in years now. She's 90 years old, still, you know, ministering and mentoring. That's a great thing, but... um, Many years ago, she was actively involved in ministry, and uh, she went to support me and, and knew some of the people that were part of the church where I was going to preach. And I never will forget this. I just I hadn't just come back, but I had been overseas, and I I, I saw some things. Uh, and I won't I won't get into length about this. I won't go to this other story. But I, that's when I first learned, uh, Pastor. I learned. Now listen, let me just tell you something. If you're ever in a prayer line and you're laying hands on folk, all right. And you command them to be healed in Jesus' name. And they say, oh, the pain moved. It's not a sickness.
0: <laughs>
1: right. It's a demon. First time that happened to me, I was in Haiti. And we were on top of Voodoo Mountain and a guy comes staggering down from the cockfight, you know. And, and uh, he staggers under the tent and the, the, <laughs> the uh, witch doctor's in the bushes, you know, watching this whole story behind that. So I'm laying hands on this guy because he's got all these stomach ailments. And so I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And, and, you know, through an interpreter, all of a sudden, he said, the pain moved. It went down in his, leg, down in his thighs or something. I said, oh. I said. So I began to take authority over this thing. It moved, and every time I'd speak to it, it'd move a little further. Till finally, about, about the fifth or sixth time, it went out the bottom of his feet down into the ground. So I'm ministering now not very far from my hometown. I'm over in east Texas, northeast Texas. And I'm ministering one night. The anointing is strong, and I'm about to lay hands upon the people and minister healing to them. And I want you to understand something. Demons don't have to be discerned to be cast out. The same anointing that heals the sick drives out the devil. So there's a lot of times people get free from demonic oppression or demon spirits in the healing line because the name of Jesus is above them all. Now, you can have operation of discerning of spirits. You can see the devil, but you don't have to have that to deal with the devil. The devil's already defeated, and you deal with him in the name of Jesus right. by faith. Right. Right. So I'm in the healing line, and I'm ministering to people who have sickness, you know. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Well, I get to this woman, and uh, I laid hands on her, and uh, she she stood there like this, and she said, The pain moved. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. you know here? So Yeah, it's on like Donkey Kong now. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Said, You foul spirit in the name of Jesus, come at her. When I did, she flopped over like a sack of potatoes, you know, plum. she started shaking like this in the floor. Now understand we got a whole all these people watching. And so she starts growling. I said, come out of her. I said, come out of her in the name of her. And I'm trying not to make an example out of her. I'm trying to get her free real quick. You know, because you don't embarrass something. She's not in control here. Okay, so like that. So I finally said, come out. So I began to, to, to and so she calms down. And so, she, so I, I start trying to get her to say the name of Jesus. Well, this demon won't say that name, see. It won't say that Jesus came in the flesh. We're going to look at that in a minute. But it won't... So I said, say the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Finally, she started this blood-curdling scream. She started going, I'm free! I'm free! Trying to, you know, like trying to trick me like she's free. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you always know when the demon's talking, really, I mean, when he's really talking... It sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard. There's no peace in the voice of the devil. It's negative and it's from out here. <laughs> so finally I realized, okay, this is, it's not going to be a long affair because I have authority here, but I got other business to do and Satan's trying to take right, right. the spotlight. That's why Jesus said, hold your peace and come out. So I just asked much. I said, you know what, pick her up and take her to the back room. I'll deal with her when I finish this healing line. So I got her out of there. And I went on, we got miracles in the line, it was great. So then, afterwards, I get my mom. <laughs> and we go back there, because it's a woman, I don't want to be by myself. So here's my mom, I take my mama back there. And I got this lady sitting there, <laughs> and I'm back there with my mama. And uh, others are watching, they're just like, what's going on, you know, like this. But I'm trying to keep it enough where it's not an embarrassment, you know. And so I come out of her in the name of Jesus. Next thing you know, she starts cutting her eyes like this, and I mean, they're shape-shifting, you know. That demon was looking at me. I said, No, nah, now nah, you shut up. I'm talking to her. I'm not talking to you, devil. You shut up. So come out of her. Now she starts this. She's like a rabid dog. And I have my finger in her face. And you know, I've learned this. Demons hate this. Jesus said, I cast out devils by the finger of God. They, boy, they hate it when you take authority put your finger in their face. So I point I my finger. I said, You come out of her. She goes, Ha, ha. And she's trying, everything within her is trying to bite my finger. I, she wants to bite that finger. I mean, she, she told me later when she got free, she said, I'd have bit your finger off if I could. I said, I know, but you couldn't get to it, could you? No. Because <laughs> she was frozen. I had help, you see. <laughs> so my mom's watching all of this. So finally, she screams. She gets free. She falls in the floor, and now she's really free. So now she's free. And when she comes to herself, she's looking around and says, what room am I in, see? And so we set her up. We're ministering to her a little bit. And then we begin to talk to her. Now, this story obviously has a point. <laughs> Probably giving you several of them, but anyway. So I'm ministering to her. Well, there was a, a church I had ministered at before, and I never could get very far spiritually in it. And I couldn't. And it split two or three times, and the pastors would go there, and then they'd leave because the people, you know, just as a mess. Come to find out, there wasn't anybody there with enough authority to know how to deal with that territory. And it had been a nightclub for many, many years. I didn't know that. It had been a nightclub. And so somebody got it and it went vacant. So they wouldn't put a church in there. Well, the church never made it. Well, it's because demons were there. And I didn't realize what I was bumping up against. And I wasn't there. So God didn't, you know, I mean, it wasn't like my assignment. So I'd just go try to be a guest speaker. And I just couldn't get, just like a hammer in my head against the wall. What is going on here, you know? So... In that church now, that other church. Now, this the meeting I'm talking about where the woman, I'm casting the devil out of the lady, is in a different building. But this other church where I'd have meetings and I just couldn't get very far. Uh, she, years before that, many years before that, had gone to that church when it had first opened after it had been a nightclub. And she got in there and she said, now I want you to hear this because this is so, so important. She said, Brother Tracy, thank you. And she just began to weep. Almost, I'm, and these are the kind of things, you know, why I had my mom there with me, you know, because it is a woman and I'm a man and, you know, we're in the back there and she just, everything she can do but just to follow and it's not even, didn't have anything to do in the natural. She just so overcome with yeah. gratitude, you know. So she's trying to, <laughs> i free. So she starts crying and she's vulnerable at that moment because she realizes all these years, She had a demon, and she knew something wasn't right, but she couldn't put her finger on it. It was like a square peg in a round hole, and her whole life had been for 20 years. And and, uh, she said, you know, she said, I can tell you the exact moment that demon entered me. I said, well, tell me when. She said, I was in church. I said, really? She said, tell me about it. Well, wouldn't you want to know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? You know the devil goes to church. Huh? I mean, the first, the first devil Jesus cast out was in a synagogue. Yeah. We well, you know who you are. It freaks people out in church, man. And people fall out and slither like snakes and throw up green stuff. See, the problem with most churches in America, there's not enough power in there to blow your nose. Right. So no wonder people come and go and keep their bondage. But I'm going to tell you, when there's an anointing, it's like, the fire, it's like the fire of God. It's the lightnings of God, man. That devil, if he's in there, he can't get out fast enough. Right. Yes, sir. He'll, he'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she said she was in the back of this church, and she heard this voice. Now, it's from out here. She heard this voice, and she said, the voice said, this church isn't free, meaning free in the spirit, see. Is what it lied to, of course. This church isn't free. I want you to go up there and dance across the front and, and set this church free. Now, understand, it's out of order. The pastors are here. See, God does everything from the head down. God doesn't call the feet to run the church. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, a wise man's eyes are in his head. Every living thing He created, He put the eyes in the head. Why? Because the vision belongs in the head. The vision doesn't belong in the body. That's why, just because America's a democracy, the church is not. Church is a kingdom. Vision belongs in the head. Now, what God will do is He'll show folks that are called to that vision to gather around that, right? Because people aren't looking for churches, they're looking for pastors. God has always raised up a man, anointed a man, drawn people to him, and supernaturally anointed them to help them. And together, you know, the glorifying God, they get this thing done. Glory to God. Now, if the leader has any kind of love about him and kindness and gentleness, he's willing to wait for a while until the folks do see it. Because he understands that, that division won't make this thing work. You've you got to wait till the Holy Ghost, and you've got to help. He's the counselor. You don't have to push and make something happen just because you see it and you're frustrated and they won't come. No. That's not love. Love's driving the bus here. Right. He loves the body. He doesn't break the body apart. He doesn't split the body. Right? right. He loves the body. He did not leave the church uncovered. So, truly, if a leader has to be strong, then they've got to be courageous. And they can't be wimpy and falling over at the whims of the people. And I mean, I had a guy one time, talk about seducing spirits. <laughs> I had a guy one time, that uh, over the years, you know, as I tell people every once in a while, I don't do it a lot, but, you know, when, when, when you have to. I mean, because there are some people, the devil's arrogant and belligerent, you know. You can't let him run the church. And uh, somebody talked to me about the music. It's loud. I said, well, you're going to hate heaven. I said, in all of eternity, there's only 30 minutes for silence. And they scream at the top of their voice in worship. Holy, holy, holy! I said the the whole temple shakes when you go to heaven because the people are shouting so loud. I said you're gonna hate heaven. I hate that you're going to hell. (laughs) See, that was their whole. That's their flesh driving them. That's right. That's right. Okay. Can you say Amen? Say oh me. Heaven. Heaven's not a quiet place. Huh? The Bible says, "Let everything have breath." Praise the Lord. Way well, some folks come and go from church. You got you need to check their pulse. <laughs> so, like one man said, he said, "Man, I used to pastor a church so dead that one of the ten deacons had a heart attack and I had to examine all ten to find out which one it was."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be a dead church. <laughs> dead. Uh, I told him, I said, "Man, I want a live church. I want." I want that skeeter coming in, biting one of them, fly off, saying this power in the blood. <laughs> like the guy screamed at one time, "Oh, glory, hallelujah!" Took off running, and the you know the usher tackled him. I said, "Man, what's wrong with you?" He said, "Man, I got religion." He said, "But you didn't get it here, so be quiet. <laughs> glory to God." Glory to God. So, (laughs) see, I had a guy, talk about seducing spirit, I had a guy one time, and uh, he came in, and he's sitting there, and, you know, he realized that, you know, he wasn't going to get his way, and so he just thought he'd just kind of, so he had big old orange foam earplugs. I kid you not. I am not kidding you. Sat several rows back, you know, over to the right, and made sure I could see him. see, during worship. Had those earplugs in, sticking out, you know, where I could see them. I said, "I can't hear it. Crank it up." But <laughs> well, ain't gonna hurt him now. He got earplugs in. <laughs> it would have been great if it had gone. Boop, and those plugs would have blown. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 5, He said, I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation. Imagine that. Sitting right in the middle of church. Anointing of God all around you. Did you know it's a curse? Do you know one of the curses, all the curses are listed in Deuteronomy 28. One of those curses is in verse 40 and 41 where it says, you'll have olive trees throughout all your coasts, but you won't anoint yourself with oil. Did you know it's a curse for the anointing to be present and you not receive what it came to bring? Did you know it's a curse? Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Did you know it's a curse for the healing anointing to be here and one person leaves sick? Wow. <clears throat> the anointing comes and he has no respect for persons. And he's here to bless us tonight. Yeah. Glory be to God. Amen. To God. Well, this woman's in this church and he's saying, the church is dead. I want you to go up front and dance. I want to see it's out of order. This is revolution. This isn't change. Change comes from the head. Revolution comes from the body. I don't like this. I don't like the way it's going. I'm gonna... So understand the anointing. The anointing, the Bible says in Psalm 133, describes how the anointing flows. He says the anointing oil, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil poured on the Aaron's head, went to his beard, the skirts of his garment, like the dew on Mount Hermon, flows down to the valley. It's there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. If you've got a in their heart and you see something and you can believe, I, I wish I had a, a monthly partner for every intercessory prayer leader that came to me and thinks they saw something in prayer that I didn't know. <laughs> like they're going to tell me where the church is going. Do they not understand that I needed help to get there? He's showing them because he already showed me. Right. And the only reason I hadn't been talking about it is they weren't ready to hear it. Right. I've been praying for God to show it to them. But now the intercessory prayer team wants to drive the bus because they think the pastor's not talking about this. He don't see this. What the Lord want to do with the pastor is in prayer. God not leading you, darling, to correct the pastor. Come <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So here, understand this. Peter had this problem. In Matthew 16, Peter had the same problem. He said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Man, he sees gets revelation in heaven. Woo! The Holy Ghost. And now Jesus, I mean King Jesus, he says in front of his pals to all the other associates, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you by my Father which is in heaven. I mean minutes later. <laughs> he says, You got a little revelation? I can tell you some more. He starts talking to him about what he's got to do. And Peter says, oh, no, Lord. He grabs him by the lapel. He said, get behind me, Satan. Same church service, 10 minutes apart. He heard from the Holy Ghost and the devil on the same level. He did. Go read it. It's because people aren't sanctified. They're not redeemed from this mammon-driven demon. Huh? And so so what happens here is this woman's in the back of this church. And uh, he says, go up front and dance said this church isn't free. Uh, I want the church free. You go up. And she went up there and she said when she acted on that voice, she got up there in front and it was out of order. You know, she wasn't invited, wasn't led by the leadership. It was it totally in the flesh. And she began to dance across the front trying to make the church do something, trying to get it free, you know. And she said that was, and she told me how many years it was, almost 20. She said, I felt something enter into me. And she said, all these years, she said, I've had this in me 20 years. And for 20 years, I thought it was God. I see something in the Spirit. Lord, do I go there? Glory. Oh, glory. Glory. I'm raising up an army that knows the real from the false. I'm causing a leaders to arise to separate the precious from the vile. But they'll only abide in this track if they operate in fresh manner from heaven. Every day they must spend time with me. They must freshly come to my word. They must come daily to my banqueting table. They must spend time with me in the word and in prayer. They must function out of relationship and not out of other any other material or natural or ministerial idea. If they will do with my church what I have told them to do out of relationship with me. They will make me known because they know me. They will be able to claim my miracles because they have claimed me. And they will preach from me and minister from me because they have ministered to me. And in that ministering to me, I have imparted something to them to minister from me. And when do they speak these words, yes then. In the assembly, you'll see the mountains move. Yes, then, in the assembly, you'll see the kingdom grow. Yes, then, in the assembly, I'll walk the aisles and make myself known. And people shall say, whoo, did you sense that? How Jesus walked by. The power will be there to drive out all of the power of the enemy, saith the Lord. I'm telling you, he's... mm. Glory to God. Let's just wait on him for a second. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, we love you tonight, and we bless you tonight. Yes, sir, I'll get back over there. I sure will. Now, look at this real quick. 1 Corinthians 14.10. There may, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. None of them have, None. no voice is without a power source behind it. And the power source behind that voice is one in control. Every power source that's speaking to you has a motive. They want their way. They want you to agree with them. They want you to let them in. Now, we've got to get to the place to where we separate the voice of the Holy Ghost from every other voice. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, when we do that, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, isn't God good? Thank you, Master. Praise God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Mm-mm-mm. Do you know what it says? It says no man, 1 Corinthians 12, no man speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed. And no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Here he says, this spirit of Antichrist. Hear me, the word Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is a title Yeshua HaMashiach, the anointed one and his anointed, the anointed Jesus. Jesus, the anointed one. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the Christ. That's why when you read the Bible, you need to see how it emphasizes it, because sometimes it calls him Jesus of Nazareth, and that emphasizes his manhood. Then it calls him Jesus Christ, emphasizes deity on humanity, the anointing on a man. But then sometimes it'll call him Christ Jesus. Now that's talking about his divinity. That's talking about his Godship. And he says it that way on purpose. So now here, would you stand up, honey? Put your hands in here. a supraste, supraste, ha, supraste at a very young age you have come to know me intimately on the inside there is a purity and a humility that few around you have as you enter these formative years I will bring a separation between those that operate in the carnal, in the technological, in the caddy and you'll not worry about fitting in here or being with the peers there because you have a relationship that supersedes all relationships. It is my presence and my power and my spirit in your life. Now the enemy has become to you to tell you, oh you need to do this and you need to change this and you need to look this way and you need to be popular but you have easily put those Away because you have loved me more than you've loved the pleasure of the world. But as you grow, other things are designed to pull on you, but now they're fading in the distance. And I am, even at an earlier age than most, separating you out. For visitations and manifestations. And I will visit you, and I will visit you, and you'll walk that out. And I will visit you, and I will visit you, and you'll walk that out. And I will visit you, and I will visit you, and you will walk that out. Until very early. Yes, well before the 20s and the 30s and that which people say, Oh, you can go in the ministry now. I'll put you in the ministry of my power and my spirit at a young age. You'll see visions, you'll have dreams, but seek them not. Walk in my word for all instruction will come at a time when you least expect it. To prove I will open your heart and seal your instruction to be all of me and none of you. Chase not the dream. Chase not the vision. They will happen. Know I love you and I am with you whether you see me or not. I am with you whether you feel me or not. For daughter, I'm setting you apart this night into the assignment that I've called you to walk in from your mother's room. Prepare yourself for the pace of the ministerial association that you're a part of will become fast and furious like a river hitting the rapids. Growth is about to come. Things are about to change and you're going to begin to see that you have a responsibility to walk in those things at an early age. And so I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you won't say, I'm too young. I can't do this. You'll be coming to mother. You'll be coming to father and saying, the Lord spoke this to me in a dream. I heard this, Dad. I don't know about that person. This is what the Lord showed me. And it'll be that it will keep you pure. It'll keep you clean. It'll keep you from the enemy being able to pull you any direction or to assault you or stop your progress for I am setting you apart and I am surrounding you with my grace and my presence and I will visit you and I will visit you and you will walk it out and you shall see that you will be a handmaiden for me. Oh glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh, saints. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, He had not left any of the rest of anybody out. But understand, there are divine moments. Moments of maturity. Moments where you can hear it. Moments you need to hear it. Moments the enemy has something planned you didn't even know was going on. And He deals with that. God's Word is of no private interpretation. He has a great plan and anointing for every young person in the sound of my voice. Every child in the sound of my voice. You are not here by accident. God has a great plan. Receive that voice. Oh, glory to God. I'm I'm absolutely convinced if the church operated like it ought to operate, they wouldn't be running around looking for laser light shows and and rock concerts. Because they'd have something worth coming to church for. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Look at this now. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Glory, glory, glory. Jesus, the anointed one, has come in the flesh. An anointed man. Somebody say "An an anointed man. Say it again. Realize what's going on here. The anointing. The Christ. He's the anointed man. He's laid down his right to divinity. He stepped into a human body. Now Jesus is our pattern. Jesus is. Jesus was born of the Spirit. See, the angel told Mary, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And the holy thing that's born in you will be of the Holy Ghost. He was born, virgin birth, born of the Spirit. But then later... Filled with the Spirit, all of the disciples were first born of the Spirit, born again, saved, but then later filled with the Spirit. So he was the son, of the son of God at twenty-five, but he didn't do any miracles. Twenty-eight, same way. So what started his miracle ministry? When the Holy Ghost came upon him, and with the Holy Ghost, a voice. Whew. Oh, glory! Oh, glory. And so now, this anointing is on this man. Now, now what's going on with this spirit of anti-Christ? Because the anointing is the Holy Ghost. So anything that's anti-anointing, anything that says, well, you know, we don't need all that stuff on Sunday morning because, I mean, it might scare the visitors off. Okay, okay. Ho, 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 wait a minute now. Kind of like when I used to kid around and say stuff and my, my, you know, folks around me, they'd just pick up and they'd duck like lightning's about to strike. What do you mean now? Wait a minute. The Bible says if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And no man can come to the Father but the Spirit draw him. So you and the Bible are running exactly the opposite direction. Now You might have got that from a church growth conference, but you didn't get that from the kingdom. Now, I understand there's decency. I understand there's order. I get all that. I totally get all that. And I'm not here to, you understand, to have to spend another hour talking about that. But I'm saying to you by the Spirit of God, if the church is supernaturally going to walk out what God has called the church to be in a godless, ungodly world that's falling apart around our ears, we're going to have to have the same power operating in us that raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, when people are hiring Uber drivers and driving through the city and popping off caps and killing eight folk in a night or something. When they stick a gun in somebody else's face that's anointed, they pull that trigger, it won't go off. Or they're frozen in place. Or they fall down and start growling and the devil comes out of them. Now something's happening. Because they ran up against something a lot bigger than them. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. But you start duct taping the Holy Ghost and putting him in the back room scared he's going to offend somebody then, you're, you, then you might as well say come on in Mr. Devil come on in carnality. come on in People's Thinking come on in Flesh let's just let everybody and what they want drive the church. Amen. This church is bought by blood friend. Amen. Amen. And it's ruled by an anointing that's, right. that's a free anointing right. that doesn't leave like people like they are. Oh it loves them. It accepts them just like they are. Doesn't condemn them, doesn't talk down to them, doesn't anyway look cross eyes at them if they got all kinds of stuff hanging off of them. Who cares? You can't clean the fish before you catch it. You love people like they are, but don't ever mistake the Spirit of God that loves you like you are for saying it's okay for you to stay like you are. Because he wants you free. He, he's getting involved in your life to make you what you were born to be. Yeah. Glory be to God. And he will do it. He's bigger than you. He's bigger than your mistakes. He's bigger than your past. He's bigger than somebody's plans. I'm telling you, the greater one wants to help you tonight. He wants to help break unholy alliances. He wants to help you break, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of abusive relationships. He wants to heal you from any type of scars, from broken relationships, from violations, from molestations, and from all a kind of addiction, from things that, that that are trying to kill you early. And Jesus is here to do it tonight, and the anointing is here to do it tonight to. Rem- Move every burden and destroy every Praise. yoke. Yeah. Glory be to God. Glory, <laughs> Glory be to God. Yeah. Jesus came in the flesh. Say he came in the flesh. In the flesh. And the spirit of the anti-anointing won't say that. Now why won't he say that? Because if the devil ever admits he was destroyed, stripped, defeated by an anointed man, Do you see this? And now that same anointing that was on that man is on other men. Mm. Oh. Now, those other men can whip the devil on the same level as that man. You think he's going to admit he was whipped by an anointed man? He wants you to think Jesus did everything about six inches above the ground like God. You know? And I mean, I, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And I mean, thank God for his blood. And I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And until I get there, I'm going to keep a stiff upper lip. And I'm just going to live out my days. And you know, the big man's going to draw my ticket and call me up yonder. And that's the way most people treat God. But no, you have a purpose. And this same anointing, you die. When you got born again, that old you, boom, 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 dead. Gone. There's a new man on the inside of you. greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And this new man is a demon master. This new man, (laughs) he's a miracle looking for some place to manifest. There's something bigger than you trying to get out of every pore. And it wants to get out of you. And Satan is deathly afraid you're going to find out what you've already got. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. So I'm saying to you by the spirit of the living God that if the same anointing that was on that man that whipped the devil is on other men, then those other men can do to the devil what that man did. Because they have received the same spirit, the same anointing, the same authority, the same name, the same weapons. When you get a hold of that, you begin to, I'm telling you, you start wearing suspenders and seatbelts to church just to stay in your seat. Because you got some kind of an idea of what's about to take place here. You start realizing, my God, Jesus said, all power and all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. You go in my name. Dear God, what sin can stay on you with the name of Jesus spoken of the lips of faith? What a bondage could stay on you when the spirit that flung the stars into space and hung the world upon nothing lives inside of you. You are the temple of the creator of the universe. There ain't room for drug addiction. This anointing. And it's on men. Somebody say it's on men. It's on men. Say it again. Say it's on me. Glory to God. It's a leader. It's a teacher. It's a guide. But it's taking you into your best self. It's taking you into your freedom. Now, if we're talking about this to the... To as we turn, as If we're going to turn a corner and go where we've got to go tonight, then John 9 really is exactly where we were headed. All of this that we've talked about comes right back around to where he was when he walked in there. And here's a man born blind. Who did sin, this man or his parents? That he was born blind? Neither had this man sinned nor his parents. But that the works... Right? That I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night comes... When no man, say man, Man. can work. He just said he healed the blind as a man. And not only did he say that, he just said other men can do those same works in this day. And then he did something deeper than that. He knelt down, he spit on the ground, and he made clay out of the spittle. And he put it on the eyes of that blind man. One day I was reading this and the Lord said, do you see it? I said, see what? He said, do you see it? He said, read it again. I did this several times. Finally he said, finally he had to say something to me. I said, obviously I don't. What are you saying, Lord? He said, I healed the blind man with anointed clay. He said there was anointing clay between my hand, the works of my hand, and the blind man. (laughs) (laughs) And he took me all the way back to Genesis. And then Psalm 2 where he says, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you would visit him? You set him over all the works of your hands he formed men out of the dust of the ground (laughs) breathed into his nostrils the breath of life said have dominion he said it's always been my plan from the very beginning for anointed clay to be over all the works of my hands you can do more than you thought you could You're bigger on the inside than you ever dreamed you were. It's time for you to realize God hadn't given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And begin to get after those things that the Spirit of God has called you to do and be. Glory be to God. Glory Glory be to God. Now hear me, the church is anointed. There's levels of anointings. There's individual anointings. There's ministerial anointings. There's church anointings. I want you to hear what I'm saying. The church is anointed because he's the head to the church, which is his body. You are the church, not this building, not this temple, not these bricks. You, 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 you are the church. You are his body and members in particular, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So Satan is about to run up against a church full of glory, headlong into a collision with the very one that stomped his head and took his keys. And it's time for the church to know who they are. The gates of hell shall not shall not prevail. the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Glory to God. Now I'm going to say something to you by the spirit of God, and then uh, uh, we'll talk about this other part later. Uh, <laughs> Because we're here for a purpose and uh, there's some things that are to be said publicly and some other things that are to be said privately. Prophetically. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm telling you by the Spirit of the living God, whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. This church, and, and I want you to understand Every church, you, if you're not a member of this church, and you came to this meeting, and you're part of a church that's planted in this area, and you know it, and you know it's of God, and then without a doubt in your mind that you're assigned with a specific task in this region, the church, this church is represented here tonight. I this by the Holy Ghost, are born of God. And whatsoever is born of God. Jesus said, every plant my Heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. But what's born of God overcomes the world. I'm telling you, forget what's against you. There is no weapon formed against you that's going to stop you from going forward. Nothing can stop you. It can't stop your money. It can't stop your favor. It can't stop your building. It can't stop your property. It can't stop your growth. It can't stop this isn't about you doing things just right to become successful this is not your ministry you have been inherited by him and Boomerang Church will be as successful as if Jesus himself were here pastoring because he is do you understand what I'm saying there's an anointing on you man of God and this anointing on a man breaks every yoke and destroys every burden there's a covering and an anointing on your family and it's going to continue to grow and continue to mature until it's apostolic and starts taking territory. And I sense it. I sense it. Everybody that's in the fivefold ministry that has attended the church tonight, uh, uh, including the pastor here and somebody besides you knows it. You're called the fivefold ministry and somebody besides you knows it. <laughs> well... You can tell I've done this more than once. <laughs> you are called to the five-fold ministry and the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. Somebody besides you knows.